We go to breweries a lot. Like a lot, a lot. And when we're there, it's always fun to have a game to play. And lately, we can't get enough of Dice Throne. Marvel Dice Throne is a fast and fun board game for all ages. Each player selects one of eight heroes to face off in a head-to-head battle to see who earns the right to take the throne. Gameplay involves strategically rolling dice to activate special abilities, playing unique hero cards to manipulate results, and upgrading your hero board to power up your stats. This is currently being crowdfunded on Kickstarter and will have Kickstarter exclusives. Go there now to reserve your copy. Attention, culture consumers. Join me, the queen of queries, Sarah O'Connor, and my band of nerdy knights. Colleen McMillan. Flo Siegel. And Anders Drew. On Bohemian Geek Studies, where we take extremely dorky dives into our favorite fandoms, especially that Star Wars galaxy far, far away. Listen each week as we examine the stories that mean so much to us. Bohemian Geek Studies is available wherever you get your podcasts and is proudly part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Okay, fine. Hello, and welcome to another exciting episode of Crackin' One Open with Mike and Elise. Did you see how <laughs> reluctantly she did that opening? <laughs> Why did we switch, you ask? Why? Because today is my day. Today, I will bring you on this beer journey. Today, I am your adjunct beer professor. <laughs> Non-tenured. <laughs> You'll get there. Don't worry. So as you all know, well, first of all, apologies, I guess. We did not do a spooky episode. We did not do a Halloween beer episode this week. We kind of mismanaged our beer weeks. Yeah. So next year we'll hit you with some kind of like six pack series. or. Well, there's still time potentially for a holiday ale themed six pack series. We'll see. I'm not saying it's the end of six pack series for the year, but yeah, it's the end of spooky. It's the end of the easy ones, but I'm I'm pretty sure we can gather enough. Like New Christmas, Christmas themed. Yeah, I'm sure I have confidence. So today, instead of doing something scary, we're doing something international, <laughs> which is right up your alley. So when I pick out the beers of this podcast, those who don't know, I like to pick out ones that are not from around town <laughs> or from even around the US. I like to do ones that are that are weird, that are from another country, that are odd, that are, you know, depending on which liquor store you go to you might not find around here it's true you know these these different countries uh ones that have breweries that have been around for literally hundreds of years yeah we're a pretty young country and uh you know europe africa uh russia china japan they got some old old breweries Mm -hmm. and so uh we are doing one this week from lithuania uh, oh snap! Also Germany, uh, depending on when it was around, because Germany kind of took over Lithuania for a while, and Lithuania got its independence back, and that's a whole Lithuanian history story. But boom, mm-hmm. we are and doing. I am both ethnicities in <gasps> some small percentage. I am well, some small percent of German, but not Lithuanian. I'm much more German than I am Lithuanian. Well, today we are doing Schwitteries. 
extra. So <laughs> yes, feel my pain of mispronunciation. Schwitteries, I had to look up trying to pronounce it. Uh, means lighthouse. Ooh. So technically, we are just doing a lighthouse extra. Technically, okay. Um, but in honor of the Schwitteries and how I've believe it's pronounced, I will keep calling it Schwitteries because I looked it up, and so I'm pretty proud of myself. Hey, um, I didn't think I'd be able to do this. <laughs> <laughs> so, for those wondering. Schwitteris is Lithuania's second oldest brewery. What's the first oldest? I don't know. Who cares? <laughs> Probably not around anymore. It's located in Klaipeda. <laughs> That's right. I just had to use Google Translate to figure that out. Uh, I had heard it before, but I forgot. So Klaipeda, which formerly was called Memo when it was owned by Germany, uh, was founded by merchant J.W. Renke in 1784. Uh, since then, the logo for the brewery has been, or the emblem has been adorned with the sea eagle, which is also part of the Renke family coat of arms. So I always like it when you're like, it's such an old family, you've got a coat of arms. Yeah. Like, how dope is that? Um, I believe the butlers do have a coat of arms as you well. You do. So I do not. That is pretty dope. So in the 19th century, this brewery merged with the brewery of landowner Theodore Pruis and became the town's main beer producer. Uh, produced originally traditional Bach beer, which we kind of went over uh, in my Porter's episode. Mm -hmm. That that was kind of the beer of the style, the beer of the time. It was easy to brew. It kind of hid a lot of impurities with water and stuff like that. So it brewed Bach beer and Bavarian and Porter beers, which again, Porter was the episode we did. Mm -hmm. uh, the la latter, the Porter, received an award in the Klaipeda International Business Fair back in 1883. So now we've already gone about 100 years into the future uh, with share owner hold owned uh which i thought was really interesting back then you bought shares in this brewery you know i it's interesting to see like how breweries were treated back then mm -hmm. because you know were they just one dude with a pub who brewed his own beer or were they, and gave it to like liquor stores or pharmacies or whatever or you know in this case it's shareholder owned people believed in this beer enough to own stock in it mm. uh, it was one of the most highly regarded breweries in interwar lithuania uh, it had its own yeast factory and warehouse of wine and liqueurs, so it oh, didn't wow. just do its own beer. And I think it's really interesting that it made its own yeast as well. Yeah. Which my guess is it also probably had a bakery near it, which made this beer that was kind that of paired, must have paired pretty well sense. with the uh, beers. It was also renowned for its famous um, Audit and Caramel beers. Now, I don't know what a caramel beer is, but I really want to try one. It yes, probably please. probably going to be too sweet for me, but the notes of caramel is already on a lot of beers. Yeah. Um, especially beers that are very um, weedy. Mm -hmm. So I'd be really interested to try that. And I have no idea what an audit beer is, but they were awarded uh, a medal in the 1927 agricultural exhibition in Klaipeda. But then again, a lot of these competitions are in the same town and city where the brewery is. So <laughs> how many other breweries were competing and was it just uh, <laughs> this brewery? Yeah. Uh, the brewery was named Svitoris. Uh, when it was rebuilt after the war. So it wasn't named, from what I can gather, it wasn't named Schwitteris when it was originally opened. It was okay. just named after the city. So it was probably Klaipeda Brewing mm -hmm. and or it was named after Renke. It doesn't really, the history books don't really say, the website doesn't really say anything about that. Um, it just kind of talks a little bit about their beer. Okay. But I thought that was interesting. So it got named after the war. And they started rebrewing beer. It was rebuilt. So it must have closed down, you know, during World War II because they won an award in 1927. Mm -hmm. A few years later, war breaks out. 
Nazis come take over probably Lithuania. And then after the war, 1946, they start again. Uh, the recipe uh, was... Are you telling me that Nazis don't like beer? That's one more point against them. <laughs> uh, they don't like beer. That's not German beer. Yeah. The recipe for traditional Baltitos, Baltios beer <laughs> that is still used to this day developed in the 1960s. So they continuously expanded and had become one of the country's most modern beer making facilities hmm. uh, at that time. Uh, that Lithuania's independence was restored after the war was over. So the German name of Memo must have just been that small time when uh, it was no longer Lithuania. Ah. So after the restoration of their independence, uh, the brewery was restructured into company with a share capital. Um, in 1999, unfortunately, most of those shares were bought by Denmark-based Carlsberg AS, which if you've had a lot of European beers, you've seen Carlsberg before. I don't know if we've covered any of their beers. I on this don't think show, so. But I know that a lot of beers you get that are uh, European based will have that Carlsberg logo, logo somewhere okay. on them. I don't know how controlling they are. I know they're huge. So they are kind of like the uh, like the core Anheuser-Busch, Anheuser-Busch of, kind yeah. of thing okay. of here. But I don't know how controlling they are and how big beer they kind of make everything. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure about that. In 2001, the breweries of Schwitteries and Utenos Alice were merged into Schwitteries Utenos Alice AB, and then it was restructured to become its own private limited company. So that might mean that Carlsberg was like, hey, do your own thing as your own company, but we kind of own you Mm -hmm. under our umbrella. I'm not sure. So they still use some old German brewing technology. So the beer is actually brewed in vertical and horizontal containers that facilitate the formation of unique characteristics of uh, a certain beer's taste and aroma differently. Interesting. So I think the horizontal container is really interesting because I have not seen a horizontal beer container in any brewery we've gone to, other than like if it's chilling in barrels. Um, doesn't Area Two have that, like an open fermentation in the in a horizontal, like a tub almost? Does it? I mean, it's got a pool. I know it's got the the pool. Oh, I don't know. I could be wrong. <laughs> well, maybe they do, but I think that's really interesting. It's also the only one in Lithuania that actually still uses that kind of thing. Hmm. In 2012, I thought this was an interesting fact. They don't have a lot of modern statistics, but they were going to, even in 2012, they were had plans to brew 34 million liters of beer. Holy beer. Uh, and this is all of its other beers. Uh, but they actually won the World Beer Cup, Gold Award in the World Beer Cup in 2012. And it is our the beer we're drinking today or rel- a relative to the beer we're drinking today. Nice. It's also exported to more than 20 countries worldwide, Damn. Uh, which I think is really interesting. Mostly European, but also obviously the United States uh, and Canada and Russia actually as well. But it's pretty close to Russia, so that also kind of makes sense. They brew a ton of different beers, but not ours. There are a couple of little fun facts here that I wanted to mention. So the beer that we're going to drink in 2004, Extra, was awarded a gold medal in the Stockholm Beer Festival. Mm-hmm. I mean, and that's going up against, obviously, German and Swedish beers. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. It's been in the United States since 2004. That's interesting, actually, that it's been around here. Well, not necessarily here, but... That it's been in the U.S. for so long, you know, before even 
the craft beer boom like before? Like, have people always been interested in international beers? I think there's also you get a lot of immigrants. Oh, that's true. Uh, into this country. And, you know, they have, you know, you have your Lithuanian clubs, your German clubs, mm-hmm. your this and that. Uh, you know, there might be a, one of those kind of clubs where these guys were like sitting around going, why don't we have our beer? Yeah, that's true. And kind of got it imported mm-hmm. or got their local liquor store to get it for them and stuff like that. And that's kind of how it started. So they also have a sponsorship philosophy. The sponsorship philosophy of... The sponsorship philosophy of Schwitteries is to support the best that they have in Lithuania. Uh, so they're a major sponsor of sports, culture, and art. And mostly, obviously, they pay special attention to Clydipa, where they come from. They have a fund that gives money to social programs in sports, cultural, culture, and community. It sponsors their largest festivals. And yeah, I think that's really cool. They've also started replanting an area of forest near them that was destroyed in a forest fire. Oh. Um, because they're so conscientious, they want to rebuild all that. Okay. So they really do kind of put money back into their community. Um, obviously, since they've been around for pretty much as long as th- this country has, they've, mm-hmm. they've been around L- Lithuania for a while. They're an institution there. So they are both environmentally responsible and active in their community. That's pretty cool. Yep. And they were the first Lithuanian brewery to set out to reorganize its production process according to international quality standards, which helped develop and uh, produce beer that met both uh, national and international quality standards, but keeping the same traditional Lithuanian beer. So that's the year that they were able to kind of ship everything out. So in 1998, they were like, let's make everything. According to these standards. According to international standards. Okay. Which I guess is what you need to meet. So I think that's maybe why we don't see, which this is the first time I've seen that note. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've seen that note, the international no. quality standards. So I wonder if that's why we haven't been able to find, you know, certain beers or more beers of other countries. Because oh. maybe they just can't meet those kind of quality that's standards. True. So they, they're basically just like willing to meet the standards in their country. And then they say, screw it. We're not going to distribute internationally. Right. Because it might ruin their flavor or whatever. Okay. But I guess... All right. I I respect that, I guess. (laughs) I guess Schwitteries has been able to find out, you know, find a way to balance that. And obviously Mm -hmm. that was 1998. So they won 2004. They've won a bunch of other awards since then for many of their other beers. Uh, They win a ton for a lot of their other beers, including a Baltus, which is a wheat beer, which I've never heard of. Hmm. But the beer we're drinking today is called a Dortmunder. (laughs) I love that. So it's a pale lager, which was originally brewed by the Dortmunder Union in Dortmunder or in Dortmund, Germany in 1873. Uh, It's a soft textured beer influenced by the Pilsner, but it's not a Pilsner. So I think ours says it's a Pilsner, but I think that's Mm. just the closest thing to it. I think on the label it says lager. Oh, it does say lager? Okay. Yeah. Uh, I guess after World War II, export was the most popular beer type in Germany until 1970. I'm not surprised. But I've never heard of it. I mean, I've heard of export, but I just thought that was just calling it, hey, this beer was exported. I've seen export on labels of beer, but I didn't know it was a type of beer. So after 1970, it was supplanted by the Pilsner. And obviously the German Pilsner after that became like huge. It's huge here in America. It's just huge everywhere. Uh, It has revived a little bit since its low point. Uh, I guess its lowest point was the 90s. In 2008, just under 10% of the beer sold in German shops was export, so it kind of boosted a little bit, but it's still kind of a, I guess, an underdog, the okay. export beer. 
from what I could find about it, it's maybe a little sweeter than its Pilsner kind of uh, counterpart. counterpart or brother. Yep. It's very similar, though. I guess it's maybe a little spicy as well and maybe has a little bit more of uh, alcohol taste. But apparently it's hard to pin down exactly the style of beer like a, an export is. Mm-hmm. And that's what I got for you guys. Nice. Good job, beer fesser. It was okay. I thought there'd maybe more, but there wasn't as much as I thought. You did what you could with what we had. <laughs> All right. I also have a little bit more about the beer, but we really got to crack this beer open first. And then I'll do the description of what extra version I think we have. Because I'm okay. still not sure exactly what version we have. Yeah. I'm pretty sure we have the main version, but the image on the website. Doesn't quite match Doesn't the label. match at all. Okay. But the other is- label kind of does, but still doesn't really. So we'll see what we got. We'll have to do a little detective we- work. Yeah. So let's uh, crack it open. Yeah, boy. All right. We got these giant freaking bottles. Even the caps are cool. They are. They're like embossed. Oh, that's awesome. All right. I did it. Woo. So I would drink this straight from the bottle, but for you guys, we need to describe the beer. So I'm going to pour a little bit of glass. Yeah. Oh, the, yeah, the bottle is pretty awesome. It is a huge, huge, huge bottle. Woof. Yeah. So I'm, I'm drinking from a legit pint glass and it filled it up just shy of With one full pint. Yeah. I'm only drinking half of it from the glass. I'm drinking the other half. Cause you want to drink the rest of it from the bottle. Yep. That's fair. <laughs> uh, it's got a, Nice straw color. Very light. Nice carbonation. Not crazy, but you can see it. Yep. The head's a little, is is not that tall, but it is a little thick. It does stick to the glass, which is something that a lot of the reviews and beer advocates said it did. Okay. Yeah. For a lager, it has more of a head than I thought it would. A beer advocate has it scored a 78. It does have its ABV at 5.2%. Mm-hmm. And that's all they got. <laughs> Other than it's a European Dortmunder export, it's ranked 107, which means nothing to me. Or I guess, I don't know if that's under Dortmunders or Lagers. If it's under Lagers, that's impressive. Ooh, it's got an interesting smell. Almost salty? Oh, yeah. Like, I don't know if you just put this in my head, but almost like a saltine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's not the kind of sweet malt that you would assume. Right. And I still don't know what type of beer we're drinking, which type of extra we're drinking. Okay. Well, maybe we can figure it out by we'll taste. Find out. But I do have some, the one that isn't as award-winning does have some interesting facts and I think is the more widely drank. Anyway. All right. Well, cheers. Cheers. Wait. What? Icky. Icky? Or Ikey? <laughs> yeah, I-K-I. sure. Ikey. Ikey. Let's it's go with cheers that. in Lithuania. <laughs> oh, oh, it is so sweet. Whoa. This is so sweet. It's really sweet. Like upon first sip, one of my initial feelings like on my tongue was that it was so sweet. It's almost like a red. It. I don't want to say it's thick, but it's kind of thick. <laughs> and it, yeah. And, what? And, it, and it's got kind of like a... The, the nutty aftertaste of a, of a red. I definitely get that nutty aftertaste. I don't know if it really screams red to me, but it definitely screams like the like old factory pills slow pour 
that Two Roads does now. Oh, Brings yeah. out the flavor of a Pils a little bit more, especially the aftertaste. And that really, because like a Pilsner that's been layered on top of each other like a ton of times. Like if Pilsner was opaque and then you just layer it so many times you can't see through it anymore. That's kind of what this is. Mm-hmm. It's so sweet, but it, the sweetness really brings out the. The breadiness. The breadiness, the cerealiness, that wheat kind of taste for sure. Yeah. It's very weedy. Is it's this- a unique lager. I I don't know if I would go for this all the time, but there's definitely a time for this. Yeah, with breakfast with some frosted flakes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Replacing the milk or? Oh, no, that's too watery. <laughs> Unless. <laughs> Unless. <laughs> but it is really interesting. It's really like the sweetness is not so much that I don't like it because no, it's other not... things have such a sweetness that I hate it. I don't like overly sweet things. Yeah, it's not syrupy. No. But it's definitely not what I expected. Yeah, a lot of sweetness. I knew it would be a little sweeter because of the type of of beer. But if this is the beer that I think it is, we are not drinking the Schwiturio Extra regular, which is a liquid gold color to top by a thick snowy white foam made from barley. Might be. It might be. What's the but other that's option? That's all dark and golden. This is a white label. The white label is uh, Schwiturio Extra Draft. It is the legendary light lager beer of Schwituris, which undergoes microfiltration rather than pasteurization before it is bottled and therefore retains its qualities of live beer. Huh. So that's the one interesting fact is when you get this in the bars in Lithuania. Yeah. They give it to you in a live keg. Bacteria is still going. That beer is still growing. That's it's cool. not been pasteurized yet. It's not or it has been pasteurized, but it's not it's not microfiltrated or anything like that. It's still growing. It's still a live beer. Uh, so when you so get do they it ha- the does bar, the bartender have to be like, different. yo, by the way, <laughs> like like is well, it doesn't have milk in it. I don't know. It's it's beer. It's not milk. It's got yeast. Huh. Do you tell people when you get your bread? Hey, this bread is kind of underdone. Yeah, I guess that's a good point. Do you have to put a warning about that? I don't know. But it's still growing while it's while it's there in the kegs and stuff like that, which I think is really cool. It's still That's going crazy. through its maturation process. When we get it, it kind of the microfiltration process, I guess, doesn't need the pasteurization. So mm-hmm. you get it close to what you get when you get it live, but not quite the same thing when you don't get it um, like straight from the keg in Lithuania. But I think that's a really interesting kind of uh, thing. This beer also goes with chicken pork, cold appetizers, jerky, and many smoked meat products. I could see that. This would be the sweet to its oppositeness. <laughs> <laughs> the smoky, it, the peppery smoke, kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. Like, would you call that umami at the meat? No, umami is not, meat is not umami. You weird vegetarian. <laughs> no, meat is salty. It's meat. It's savory. It's all of those things definitely isn't umami, but it definitely is the opposite of a, of sweet. Yeah. And it's true. Like, I think you could pretty much have almost anything with this because the sweetness lingers, the sweetness lingers a little bit, but the, the taste mostly goes away after a second or two. It's not like yeah. a huge lingering flavor. And for as sweet as it is, it's pretty easy drinking. I don't know if it's as refreshing as maybe you would think most 
lager, pilsner type beers would be. That's true. I feel like this would kind of sit heavy, like uh, outside on a hot day. On a hot day, yeah. It's great for a cool day, like the fall. Mm-hmm. Like a cool but sunny day uh, would be nice. That's true. That would be nice. I don't know. Would it be a nice outside, you know, on a heated deck? Or would this not be great? I don't know. I don't know. I feel like this would also be good with salty snacks like peanuts or chips. Oh, yeah, because the salt would cut the sweetness a little bit mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, this beer is, or even pretzels. though it smelled salty, it's not. Right? That was our you know, initial our impression. That's like, so hey, it bizarre. salty, but it's not. It doesn't it's not taste salty at all. at all. And you know what? Now that I'm smelling it again at the very end of my glass, mm-hmm. not all that salty smelling. It's weird that that's like that first smell that you get. It is strange. It's really interesting, though. It almost makes me want to try other um, quote unquote extra beer mm-hmm. to see what that kind of brings to the table. Uh, like, it or what, is... what unites them? What aspect of. Right. I mean, it, it's it is close to like it is kind of a log. It is a lager, but it's it's definitely yeah, export. That's what I meant. Export, not extra. I don't know. I'm trying to think of like how to describe this beer best. It has the qualities of a Mexican lager, what we associate as as being a quote unquote Mexican lager. The I little bit of sweetness, the, the extra weediness. Mm-hmm. I'm not t- talking Corona. I'm talking like the, but the, the this is we've had. I can see where you're drawing the similarities, but this is definitely its own animal. Oh, for sure. Because it also has a lot of Pilsner-like qualities. It's got mm-hmm. a lot of that kind of sweet, almost fruity kind of thing going on, like in the very back of it. Hmm. But it doesn't drink or or sip like a typical Pilsner or a typical light, light, light lager. Yeah. It definitely, somebody said it was like kind of like an egg white type texture in the Beer Advocate reviews, which... I kind of get like that egg washy kind of like when you're making a cocktail and you've put an egg white in there. That kind of to, froth. To mix it up. That frothy kind of of heft that's mm-hmm. like hefty but airy. It's not really like that's what I it's get out div- of the yeah, weight that's of true. this beer. It's, a, it's unique. That's what I'm getting. Now I'm drinking from the bottle. Ooh, the bottle concentrates that cerealness like a thousand percent. Really? Oh, damn. I wish I'd. Thanks. <laughs> oh, I love this bottle. You have to talk about it. Oh, it really does change it. And also, I don't know if I'm going crazy, but this doesn't feel completely even. No, I think you're going crazy. Okay, cool. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's like it shoots through the bottleneck. It almost shoots that sweetness. Yeah. It's just such a sweet, sweet, y- y- weedy beer. Totally unexpected. <laughs> Oh my God, they have an ingredient list. Really? Yeah. Well, so let's talk about the bottle. There we go. It's a giant bottle. Uh, it is one pint, 0.9 fluid ounces, it says, or 500 milliliters, but it is a large, long bottle. It's really cool. It's kind of got, it's embossed. It's an embossed, darkened bottle. It's got these diamonds got in the center of it that kind of go up and down. And then the very bottom of the bottle, after it kind of has an hourglass shape, the bottom of the bottle has smaller hourglass kind of or smaller diamond imprints 
almost that you'd see in some some like whiskey glasses. Yes, that's exactly what it reminds me of. Uh, like fancy whiskey bot whiskey glasses. Yep. It just kind of goes on forever. It's a long bottle, but it's not meant for two beers. This is a one beer bottle. It just is so large. <laughs> <laughs> and the bottle cap we were talking about is really cool. So the top of the bottle cap is the rim is black. So when you're looking at it from the side, you see black, but the top is actually gold. Uh, and it says Svitris. And then extra is actually stamped into this gold. <laughs> extra. In all capital letters. And then on the bottom it says 1784 when the brew was first established. Then you get premium beer, Kleidepa, Lituva. I don't know what Lituva means. Maybe it's where, maybe that's what they call Lithuania. Or maybe that's the region of Kleidepa. I don't know. Maybe. But really nice cap. I've never seen like an embossed cap like that. Mm -hmm. I think that's really nice. Really fancy. It does. It feels fancy. Uh, then you've got this logo that kind of comes down into like a almost like half diamond itself. Uh, this label at the very top of the neck. And on the left side, you get country of origin, Lithuania. Why Produkowano na Litwi? Storage conditions, conservator entry, temp, something I can't pronounce, between <laughs> 2 to 20 degrees Celsius. The, the front of the label has in gold... It's got this weird white like eggshell type thing with these weird designs on it. And then the left, the other side has black and now. white. It's actually yeah, eggshell. <laughs> and then the other half has like this dark gray, almost black look with these weird gold lines, like waves going through it. Mm-hmm. Within that gold black lines on the very top, it says, if I can get this stupid European sticker off. Uh, it says, acknowledged by beer Lovers and experts, 1784, Clydepa, Lithuania. And then in the white, you've got Schwitteris. That's a 1784. And you've got their kind of logo, which is the eagle, the gold eagle. You've got these hops on the side, all surrounded by gold. And you've got this lighthouse in the center of an emblem. Because again, this is technically lighthouse beer is what it means. Uh, And then on the bottom in red. So is it supposed to look like a lighthouse? I don't think so. I think it's supposed to look just like fancy. Like, hey, this beer is from 1784. Fucking show it the respect, respect. it deserves. <laughs> yeah. In red writing, it says extra premium lager beer. And down the stripe, it has the ingredient list. Like I did before, it's I've never seen this on a beer bottle. Ingredients are water, barley malt, malt rice, hops, bittering hops, aroma hops. So they don't give you the, uh, they don't cheat you. And then you get it in a bunch of different languages, which is kind of lame. But then you also have nutritional declaration per 100 milliliters of the product. Uh, it's 50 calories per 100 milliliters. <laughs> Great. <laughs> I don't want to do that math. I don't care enough. Oh, it's just a calorie count times a bajillion times in different languages. That's very strange. And then you get a schwitteris.lt website as well. And then on the very side, it says... Uh, Country of origin, Lithuania, storage conditions. It's got the storage because, oh, we're beginning again. Interesting. And you get this weird, like, I maybe imported label in the very back that says it was imported by the B&I Overseas Trading Incorporated Van Nuys, California, United States of America. That's weird because we usually get it Connecticut. Mm-hmm. That's usually where a lot of imports come from, especially Europeans. I'm in like Stanford or Norwalk. Yeah. I'm surprised this beer goes all the way to California. 
from Europe. Yeah. That seems like a very unnecessarily strange. long trip. Uh, but because the government warning, I guess, is not necessary in Lithuania, the weird import label that's just stuck on the back, which is this big, fat, ugly label, has the government warning as well. That's uh, where it's imported. And then there's a little banner sticker on the side as well that said it won the weird World Beer Cup in 2012. Uh, so this might be the golden one. More hops to make the aroma more prominent. More malts to make the taste more Im- intensive. It's got the signature of the founder of the brewer from 1784. Uh, and then it's got more winners. But it's really tiny and hard to see, but I can see it won the 1927 exhibition and it won something else. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I guess this is the gold one. This is just how we're getting it in this kind of eggshell. This is a different label, but this is the big winner. Nice. Uh, really interesting beer. Would I drink a ton of these? No, but if I was... I'm absolutely glad that we tried it. Yeah. Do I not like it? No, I, I do like this. I just can't think of a time where I'm like, I could really go for one of these beers. Yeah, that's that's true. Because it's so close with that sweetness to like a Mexican lager that I kind of would rather have maybe that. Mm-hmm. But it's really interesting. It's really sweet. It brings out not the hop, but the yeast and the wheat more than I think most other beers that we have on the podcast most of the time. Yeah. And those are the forefront dominating flavors that really make you want to drink more and really kind of make it stand out from the rest of the crowd. I almost wonder if this might go well with some desserts. Oh, cause it's sweetness. I could mm-hmm. totally have some ice cream with this for yep. sure. Maybe even certain cakes or cheesecakes. Mm, maybe. Maybe cakes. I don't know about cheesecakes. Cheesecakes might be too light of a flavor because the, the flavor of malt in this is is very powerful. Yeah. But I don't know, maybe. It's definitely a really interesting beer, and I'm glad I tried it. And it's definitely a beer that I have not had elsewhere within the United States, for sure. Yeah. So again, it's, it's really interesting to look at other countries and what they're drinking in terms what, of beer. Yeah, what they call a lager. Yeah. It's so different from, from what we generally call a lager. Yeah, it's definitely interesting. Interesting to see and what their flavor profiles are like. They like it sweet. Oh, yeah. And like America, like with like, especially with the IPA trends, we tend to like our beer is a little bitter. Mm-hmm. And if we like them sweet, we like them sour. That's generally like what's going on in the United States at this time, at least <laughs> in terms of beer kind of interests, it seems. But a beer like this really kind of makes you go, oh, wow, wow, this could be beer, too. This is really interesting. And a beer that's been around for over 200 years, almost 250 years. Got to be doing something right. It's pretty cool. Absolutely. So, yeah, that's my Mr. International take on Schwitteries Extra. Good job, Beer Fester Mike. Thanks. I tried. (laughs) (laughs) And thank you for tuning into this week's episode. And if you enjoyed it, please rate it, review it, share it with your friends, and subscribe to catch our future episodes. You can... Find us on crackamanopen.com or Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at crackamanopen, or just shoot us an email at crackamanopen at gmail.com with any comments, questions, or suggestions, because we always want to hear from you. Yeah. Yeah.
What else you got to plug? Well, you know, I got another podcast to do. I've got Forgotten Cinema, a podcast I do with my buddy Mike Fields, where we talk about films that seem to be forgotten by audiences, whether it be because a more popular movie was re- was released at the same time or the audience simply didn't catch on to the movie in its initial run. We'll discuss what we love about the movie. Maybe don't love about it, but we always recommend you revisit it because you never know. You might find your own. Forgotten Jeb. That's Forgotten Cinema. I've also got two player bros, a podcast I used to do with my brother Alex, sometimes my buddy Dave, where we used to talk about video games, uh, all things video games, Xbox, PC, PlayStation, VR. We had it all. We have it all. We played it all. We still kind of play it all. Uh, check out that podcast. Check out Forgotten Cinema. Check out all the podcasts on ForgottenEntertainment.com, including us and my audiobooks. I don't make money on them unless you guys buy them. So go get buy them. I'm on Audible. Michael Butler. Switch Art Fraud and Gangsters is kind of like a Guy Ritchie novel, but I've got horror novels and it's the spooky season. So go ahead. And even after Halloween, it's still cold. You're bundled up by a fire. Perfect time for a scary story. Sour, which is like a Appalachian mountain trail fairy tale slash evil dead story. I've got Coffee at Midnight, a collection of short stories. I've got Progressive Entrapment, a collection of ever increasingly disgusting horror movie stories, if that's what you're into. And uh, yeah, I I don't make money on these books unless you get them. I've also got The Final Girl, which is uh, about an 80s slasher film, kind of come to life. And The Murder of Kelly Christopher, which is about a a bunch of murder or a bunch of horror movie fans creating a podcast to figure out what happened to a lead actress uh, a long time ago. As if Jamie Lee Curtis, right after Halloween, kind of disappeared from the radar and was never heard from again. What happened to her? So all those novels can be found. Audiobooks can be found at Audible, which is owned by Amazon. If you have an Audible account, use me as the free month. I still get the money if you use your free credit. So go ahead and uh, pick up those books and listen to them. If you have those free credits, it doesn't really cost you a thing. That's all I got. That's all you got? That's all I got. So then a special thanks for our theme, which was composed and performed by Joe Reichert. Until next time. Cheers. (laughs) Yeah, that. (laughs) 